Welcome to the Glojo Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and every week I'll be sharing thought-provoking, soul-soothing, and inspiring conversations from personal stories to insider tips and tricks. At the Glojo, you can always find what you need when you need it most. This is permission. Permission to be you, permission to be messy, permission to feel all the feels. So what do you say? Let's do this together. I'll see you in the Glojo. Hello, hello. Boy, do I have an absolutely inspiring episode to share with you today. Honestly, this conversation is one for the books. I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing Bevan Ferrand of bevanferrand.com. She is an author, she is a speaker, she is an entrepreneur, she is a mother. This woman truly does it all. I have never met someone like her. I've met a lot of people in my day, but never someone like Bevan. Bevan's story is both heartbreaking and inspiring and uplifting and insightful. She's truly a gift to this world. And I can't wait for you to hear what we talk about today because she is so full of wisdom and I truly believe it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, where you live. This conversation is going to help you move into action to do the thing that you want to do or to quote Bevan, take the damn trip. And yes, damn stands for something. And you're going to find out what that is in this episode. That's one of the things that we talk about. We also talk about how emotions can coexist, how you can be happy and sad, how you can be inspired and grieving. We talk about how to not stay stuck. This was a question that I had for Bevan because she has had so much, we'll say tragedy and hardship and and challenging things happen in her life, yet she continues to move forward, but still honoring the past and being present with what she's feeling, even if that is uncomfortable sometimes. She talks about a 6D why, and I've never heard of this before, or a six-dimensional why. So I've talked about why and really why, your reason why is so important in quite a few episodes. And at the heart of it, this is intrinsic motivation. This is connecting your goals and your actions to something that's deeper and more meaningful to you. Usually people have one, maybe two whys. Bevan has taken it to the next level. She's created a framework for six-dimensional whys to really support ourselves when the going gets tough. I love this. We talk about this. She talks about taking radical responsibility, but here's her twist. Most people, especially in the personal development industry, think that I'll take responsibility for all of the hardship that's happening in my life. And I'll take responsibility for that poor decision I made, which is important. But on the flip side, we get to be responsible for the beautiful life we create and all of the amazing things we experience. So I'm going to stop talking now so you can get into this interview. It is so good. I can't wait to hear from you. Please reach out to me at the Glojo or at Leanne Kalal on Instagram. You can also sign up and get on the weekly glow at www.theglojo.com. I'd love to hear from you. And yeah, this is a powerful episode. And I think that it's the perfect time of year. We're about a month into the new year. 
I know motivation can start off strong and doesn't take long for it to dwindle. So I purposefully scheduled this interview to be released now to give you that boost so you can keep moving forward in the direction of your big, big juicy dreams. All right. Hello and welcome to the Glowjo, Bevan. It's wonderful to have you here. Thank you for having me. I've been waiting for this. I mean, you know, I will get into why it's been a few months, but I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here. And you're, I mean, you and I, our paths, it's really interesting. Our paths crossed probably 10 years ago. It would have been almost That's 10 been- years ago. Yeah. It would have been nine oh years my ago. Oh um, When we were both working for a past client and yeah. over the years we've stayed in touch and it's, we don't stay in touch all the time, but I think we've both followed each other on social media and sort of yeah. we'll touch base every now and then. And it's been really, really incredible to watch your journey. Really excited yeah. for everyone to learn more about you, your story and you know, if you're listening at home or wherever you're listening, like grab a tissue. (laughs) (laughs) You're prepping them. Isn't time so strange? Because I was just talking to a friend I met in January of 2019. And she was like, we've known each other for like 10 years. And it was like, or five years. I was like, no, we've known each other for less than two or like, yeah, whatever that math turns. But I was like, but the last year feels like a decade. Oh, so yeah. Like, it does. It does yeah, for sure. so funny. But yeah, and I can't believe it's been so long since yeah, that. Yeah, it actually it. has been this long with us. I've started to gain a better understanding of like my relationship with time. Everything's three to four years ago or five to six years ago. <laughs> yeah. My friend used to say, oh, we've known each other for a decade. I was like, we've known each other for six years. So like when we actually hit the decade, she was like, oh, I'm not lying anymore. Oh, that's anyway, so funny. Anyway, totally off on a tangent, but that's, that's just so funny to me. Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> And so I'd love to turn it over to you and I would love for you to start off by just sharing your story and you have such a powerful message and mission and I just think everybody needs to hear this. I want to shout it from the rooftop and so here we go, passing the virtual mic over to you. <laughs> well, thank you for letting me share this with your audience. So the the real story of where I'm at now started in 2019. So in May of 2019, my husband, Mark, surprised me on Mother's Day with this these bottle, four bottles of wine and a card written in French, which was weird because he didn't speak French. So I knew something was up. And he told me he was flying the two of us to France for my 40th birthday, which was going to be in November. And we had two young children. They were going to be 10 months and two and a half when we were gone. So this was like totally crazy. It was our our first time away from them. And he wanted to give us the time to plan. Mm -hmm. And so two weeks later, I got laid off from my job for the third time in my career. And we were like, should we cancel the trip? This like first thing, should we cancel the trip? We decided to wait until closer to the trip to decide that. But I decided at that point, I didn't want to put my financial health, the financial health of my family into the hands of any one person ever again. And so I decided not to look for a job, but instead to kind of step back into my entrepreneurial roots and start my own business doing what I'd been doing for the past 10 years. So working with digital marketers, online course educators, different brands as a launch manager, a brand strategist that didn't need a full-time COO, but just needed like to elevate their business. And so I told Mark, let's just test it 
We'll do a proof of concept. If I can make $5,000 by the end of August, then I'll keep going. And cause he was an engineer. So he was terrified. <laughs> like, yeah. what do you mean? <laughs> and so, um, so I did that. My business actually took off very quickly. I made my $5,000 by the end of August. I was, I know I was like by, I want to say October hitting consistent $10,000 months, which was amazing. Awesome. And so we decided we're still going to go on this trip. Right. And we are thinking even two days before I was like, are we crazy? Should we just not go? We're going to be in planes the same amount of time we're on the ground. And because Mark was taking me to Bordeaux and I was like, it'd be so much faster and easier to get to Paris. And he was like, Paris is a cop out. <laughs> Just never been uttered in the history of the world and never will be again. But so we went on this trip, had an amazing time, celebrated my birthday with delicious food, incredible wine. We explored the city together. It was really this opportunity for us to reconnect with who we were as a couple before we got married, before we had kids before, you know, our jobs continued to grow all the things. And we got back and it was the week of Thanksgiving. So Mark had taken the entire week off so we could get ready. It's my favorite holiday. So we took our daughter to her first movie theater show. We got the house ready. This was pre-COVID. So we had about 25 people come for Thanksgiving. It was amazing. And then the day after Thanksgiving, Mark just didn't wake up. He passed away in the middle of the night completely unexpectedly. Some people ask if that trip was like our last, you know, hurrah. We had no idea that he was sick with undiagnosed heart disease. One of his arteries was 95% blocked and the other was 50% blocked. Wow. So now I am a solo parent of two kids under three. I am the sole financial provider for my family with a very fledgling business at that time. And I'm doing it without the support of my best friend and the love of my life who had always been my biggest cheerleader. And so my life was completely flipped upside down like seven times, right? Like just completely crazy. And so about a month later, I made a post on social media talking about my birthday because I said I didn't really talk about it this year because of all this that happened. And I talked about the trip and I said, I was so glad that he and I had gone on that adventure and had been together. And whenever we're faced with the choice, just take the damn trip. And that resonated with people. I got so many messages that people were saying, yes, I, I took a trip right before I lost my parents or I wanted to take this trip or all of these things. And I realized that that was going to be something. It's not about trips. I've shifted right. it a little bit now to take the damn chance because yeah. people think I'm like a vacation planner and I'm right. not. But <laughs> I looked back at the hardest things that I've been through, not just losing Mark, but I lost my dad to cancer when I was 24. I lost my home in a house fire in 2010. Um, I've been very open about the fact that my kiddos are IVF babies. So I've been through years of fertility treatments and a miscarriage. And then also the amazing things that I've created, like creating a multi six figure business in under 18 months, having these babies, all like ha- building our dream home. And I said, what is it that I do differently than other people? Not better, but just differently to navigate these things. 
that's where the DAM framework came up. So I say DAM a lot and it means something. (laughs) I love it. And even if it didn't mean something, like just as a form of self-expression, I'm here for it. But I do know that it, I know that it means something. And I just want to say thank you for sharing. I have chills. I have chills all over my body. I have my, my stomach is turning. I have so many questions for you. And so should I start asking questions now or do you want to share what damn means? Well, let me share what it means okay. just so people know because I might Perfect. refer back to it as we're talking through the questions. So the D is decide and declare. So we decide what our top priority is, the thing we're willing to go all in on, and we start declaring it. And I, I do what I call layered declarations. So we start with declaring it to ourselves and then a small group and it, they build on each other. The A is attend your own party. And that's all about staying present in the moment, staying on our own mat, not comparing ourselves to other people. The M, right? We're going to talk. I'm sure we're going to talk about that. Oh, Um, yes. (laughs) The M is moments, not minutes. And this is um, when I was talking to somebody, my like big adventure in the last year has been I had the damn baby, right? I used the same framework to decide to move forward. When Mark passed away, we were about 60 days away from going into IVF for our third child. And I said that it's not fair to, for me to lose that dream on top of losing my husband. And so in the end of 2020, I decided to move forward with that IVF. And I now have a four and a half month old on top of my four and a half, or sorry, yeah, four and a half, a four and a half year old and two and a half year old that was from the embryos that Mark and I had frozen. And when I decided about that, one of my friends said, cause I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to have the time to have three babies under five and run a business? And she said, well, do you want to be there for the moments or the minutes? And I was like, damn, that's my barometer, by the way. Damn, like full body. Yes, that's it. So the M is moments, not minutes. And then the N is now is the time. And that is we're not promised tomorrow. So we have to get into action now. And I teach micro actions and I teach um, that, which is a way for us to build momentum. So that's, that's the damn framework. So now let's dive into your questions and if, oh. then I can we'll, oh we'll my dance God. around it. I love this framework. It is absolutely genius. And I do want to spend a lot of time talking about it. But before we do that, what have you realized you do different? And how have you been able to navigate these really tragic life experiences? I know I've had some difficult things happen to me over the years, and I have loved ones who have experienced, we all experience difficult things. So how have you been able to, like you're, you're smiling, you're glowing, and it's like you're somehow able to still hold on to the the good moments and the memories and appreciate all of the good, but then still it's kind of like happy happiness and memories can exist with grief. And that's such a tricky balance. These things can coexist and they can coexist without the one bringing us down and without us moving forward and forgetting about the past. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so good. uh, So I just had this conversation a few weeks ago about happiness and grief. And I'm a big believer, and this is one of the things around the attend your own party is like, we can hold more than one emotion at once. 
Yeah. Right. We can be sad that we had a miscarriage, like devastated that we had a miscarriage and happy for our friends who just had a baby. It's hard. I'm not saying that that's like an easy thing to do. Yeah. Right. But I can be frustrated and happy. I can be angry and happy. Like I can do all of those things. And I was talking to this woman about grief and happiness in particular. And I said, look, I'm not happy that I'm grieving. I'm happy and grieving. And, you know, I, it didn't happen. Like, it wasn't I woke up the next day and was like, right. ah. <laughs> you know, there are still yeah. times that the yeah. grief just knocks me on my ass and I'm like curled up on the floor of my closet crying. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think there are any bad emotions. I think that when we try to suppress them and we try to push the beach ball under the water, it's just going to burst out at the most inopportune moment. And so I dive into my feelings and emotions. When I'm sad, I become what I call deliciously sad. I dive into it. I let my whole body feel it. Yes. I and love I don't that. Try, yeah. Deliciously yeah, I, sad. That, that came up after my dad passed away. And my sisters and I were sitting at, at dinner with my uncle after my dad's funeral and somebody told a joke and we started laughing and we were like, oh my gosh, are we allowed to laugh when dad, we just had dad's funeral. And so that like, so when I'm sad, right, I become deliciously sad, but I don't force myself to stay sad. You know, I, I let myself be happy because that's sometimes what people do. They think in order to honor somebody that we lost or a situation that we went through that was difficult, we have to stay sad. But I don't think that honors them. I don't think that like Mark is sitting around thinking like, oh, like when people are like, Mark would want you to be happy. I'm like, well, yeah, no kidding. But like, I I don't think he would be upset that I was sad either. Right. How do you not stay stuck? Yeah. Yeah. I realized I didn't answer one of your questions, which was, you know, how do we get up and move after these things? After my fire, I went back to the building and the contractor was there like two days later. And I said, I just have to run in really fast and grab something. I'll be right back out, right? Mm-hmm. From my, my unit was not completely destroyed by fire. Yeah. It was mostly smoke and water. But so I ran in, I came back out and he's like, do you live here? And I was like, well, nobody lives here now. He's like, how are you standing here cracking jokes about this? And I said, well, we cannot choose what happens to us but we can always choose how we respond. And I call that concept radical loving responsibility. So we take radical responsibility in a loving way for our role in the experience of our life. We take 100% responsibility for our experience of life. And I think that when we do that, we we are able to we take responsibility for how we might impact somebody negatively for, you know, our role in things maybe going sideways, but we also get to take responsibility for the amazing things that we create, which I don't think we do enough. We get to celebrate like, Hey, I did that. Mm-hmm. I had that baby. Like I made that, I literally made that happen. Yeah. And I want to celebrate that. So I think that's a big part of how I just address the world and show up but when we talk about how do we not stay stuck, I think 95% of the world and definitely like the self-help industry has it backwards. They think mindset is the most important thing 
And I say movement over mindset. 100% of the time, movement is more important than mindset because we don't get inspired to take action, especially when we feel really crappy. We don't get inspired to take action. We get into action to get inspired. Mm, I love that. So once we get our feet moving, then inspiration can catch up. And that's why I teach micro actions. Yeah. Because when we're stuck, it does feel impossible. But if we take the tiniest action that we will actually take, it just like gets the rust off the wheels. And then you take another and another, and eventually momentum starts to take off. And then you just go along with the momentum. Yeah, I love it. And being reminded of Tony Robbins, I know he's a mindset guy, but he also says physiology can influence psychology. And so if you change, you know, it's like if you're sitting there and you're really down and then you decide to smile, you can't feel like crap and smile at the same time. It's really hard, actually. Like maybe you kind of could, but it wouldn't be a, you know, it's like in your body, if you choose to sit up straight, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I feel more awake. I feel more confident. I feel more. And so it's so interesting. I love this momentum over mindset. And just to circle back really, you have movement. Thank you. Movement over mindset. And then you gain momentum and micro actions. And I want to talk, I want to talk more about that, but I want to circle back first because I just want to land a point that you said that I think that the concept of radical responsibility, and I love how you say radical loving responsibility, that's brilliant. How you're just bringing in again, that gentleness and like deliciously sad. You're putting these words together that wouldn't normally be together. And I think that's so powerful. But with the responsibility, there could be people listening to this being like, well, she wasn't responsible for that fire. Yeah, totally. But you're responsible for how you respond to it. And so- That's what I just want to make sure is landing because we, we can't control- like so much of life, we cannot control what happens around us and what other people choose to do and how they choose to show up. And if a fire happens, knock on wood, like there's so many things yeah. we can't control, but we can control how we respond. And so I just yeah. really want to land that that point. Do you have anything else you want to share on that? Well, the fire itself was a like a petri dish, not a petri dish, but like this great laboratory to see that because there were six of us who lost our homes, and I was the one who moved on. It took three years to rebuild our our building because it was there was legal battles and all this stuff. As soon as we got occupancy, sold my building or sold my unit, they were like, "You can't do that yet." I was like, "Sure, I can." The city says I can, and we took that money. We bought property to buy our dream home. I had met Mark by this time. We took the money from the house that he owned and we built, we created our IVF fund, all these things because we get to choose how we respond. And totally the fire is not usually the one people bring up. It's my husband's death. I am not responsible for that. I'm not. And I, I can't even say that I had any responsibility in his passing. Right. However, I get to take 100% radical yet loving responsibility for how I show up since. And I see this the most with my daughter, who's four and a half, because she was really the only one old enough to remember right. Mark to that extent. Like my son was 10 months old. Mirastella was obviously not even born yet. Yeah. But 
she remembers. And so there are so many days. It it breaks my heart that there are still, and there always will be so Mm -hmm. many days where she just says, I just miss daddy. And I say, you know, like I could pull that crap that I said, like, oh, well, daddy would want you to be happy. Right. No, I don't do that. We say, it's okay to be sad. Mm -hmm. It's okay. And I say, you know, how can we address that? Would you like to watch videos of daddy? Would you like to um, look at pictures. And recently we've decided that daddy sits on the moon. And so I said, do you want to blow some kisses to daddy? And so we blow kisses. And I tell her that she and I have the, oh, so important responsibility of sharing our stories of Mark with Jonathan and Maristella because they don't know them. And so that is the way that I take responsibility for my experience in life and right now for my children's experience in life. And that's the difference, right? Yeah. Because we can all, if, if anyone in the world wanted to stay stuck in victim mentality, I don't think anyone would blame me if it was me. It's true. It's <laughs> true. You have a lot of reasons that you could stay yeah, stuck and there. And we can all, we can all choose it. We can mm-hmm. choose to stay in that. Of course this happens to me. The universe mm-hmm. is out to get me. And I just don't know that that's useful. Yeah, I would have to agree. I I think you're just such a beautiful example and role model for your daughter and for everyone listening and for everyone, really, because it can be so difficult to ignore or want to stuff down, like you said, the beach ball that came up in an interview recently. Um, It can be so, that's natural to be like, oh God, that's really difficult to experience or feel. And there's a lot of emotions and it's uncomfortable. So I'm just going to ignore it or I'm just going to push it to the side. And I love that you're choosing to honor your experience, honor your daughter's experience and honor her emotions. And instead of being like, oh, he'd want us to be happy. It's like, yeah, that's true. And yeah, you know, also it's, it's okay to feel this and let's actually sink into the memory of and let's enjoy the memory of and connect over the memory of Mark and like just living like saying we've, it's our, you know, it's our responsibility to share stories because they didn't, they won't remember. Like, that's just so beautiful. Yeah. And we, thank you. And we do it with smaller emotions too. Cause sometimes people will hear my story and be like, oh my gosh, well that's a, that's so dramatic. And like, I've never experienced that or B it's like, oh my gosh, she's had such a dramatic life. How can I complain about anything? Mm -hmm. Which I don't believe in either of those things, right? Like we all live our own experience and things that are hard for us are hard, but we do it with small things too. Mark used to, Mark would always say he was never in a bad mood. Like I would come from work. He came home from work and I was like, I'm cranky. Just so you know what you're walking into has nothing to do with you, but it's here. And he would be like, I'm like, what's wrong? And he's like, nothing. I'm like, what's wrong? Nothing. I was like, are you cranky? No. I said, okay, well, you're acting cranky. So if you don't want to name it and you don't want to like own that you're upset with me or upset with something, like I'm going to just assume I did something wrong. But we do that where we're scared to be like, that was, that was crappy. I, that sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm angry about that and, and it's okay to be angry. The time that I have apparently offended people the most <laughs> was when somebody said something, I couldn't even tell you what they said to me, but I was like, well, that's not very nice. And they were like, how dare you say that? I was like, well, let me repeat back to you what you just said. Like, but we're so used to just ignoring it and not calling people out when they say something shitty. And 
just moving on. And I just say, just own it. And mm-hmm. then we can, then we can move past it. I love how you said it doesn't need to be about the big emotions. Uh, we yeah. don't need to start with like the really big things. And so for me, setting boundaries and communicating what I've needed has been really challenging for me. And it's something that I've worked on diligently for like the last 10 years. And I'm happy to report that I'm getting better. But what I realized is that Good. I don't need to start with the really big, I don't need to go like slay, slay the boundary dragon and like start with the most difficult conversation. I can actually choose to set boundaries in these really tiny ways or these really small ways yeah. where it's easier. And there's also less less risk. And so I would choose to work with some friends and I'm like, this is, this is hard for me and I want to get better at it. Can you be my buddy? Essentially, I'm probably going to show up. It's going to be messy. It's going to be emotional. It's not going to be super clean, but it's about creating that space and that safe space to be able to you know, practice and mess up and mess up with the people who love you most. And then also on the flip side, I would do it with strangers because there's way less, there's way less less involvement there. There's way less risk. And so it was creating the space, which was like kind of the hot pool, because that's usually the people who trigger you the most, but having the conversation and then also just being like, this is a totally random person. I'm never going to see them again. I'm going to take this as an opportunity to practice this. Because they are there's the no risk. people. Yeah. That's, I was just listening to an interview with <laughs> Brene Brown and she was talking about how we like never should start setting boundaries with our family. That's okay. never where Family's we should start. Family's the worst. Oh, no, no. Yeah. No. Never start there. Like get practice, get good at it. Like don't go to the Olympics first, right? Like just go to the gym, do a backhand spring, like then go I'm, to the Olympics. I'm 10 years in and I'm just, I'm starting to like, you know, more than starting to dip my toe into the family boundary, family pool. But oh my gosh. that's a whole nother. That is the Olympics. That's the emotional <sighs> Olympics. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so much to say about this. So we'll see kind of where it yeah. goes, but I think we do start small, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's just getting better at stating our preference yeah. or stating what, you know, if somebody's like, where would you like to go for dinner? Instead of saying, oh, I don't care. Being like, I have a craving for tacos, you I know, just like example. stating our preference to start to like, just again, build that momentum at getting better at it. This situation happened to me and I will actually share the details of it. Um, Thanksgiving. So my Mark passed away the day after Thanksgiving. This was just recently the second anniversary of his passing. Mm -hmm. And last year on Thanksgiving, it was very hard for me. Like when we sat down for dinner, I had a panic attack and I just didn't know how I was going to respond this year. And it's a whole like week, right? It's my birthday. Then it's planning. Then it's the day. Then it's the actual date. It's just, it's a lot. And Mark's parents actually asked if they could come for Thanksgiving this year. And I really struggled with that answer because they were here when he Mm -hmm. passed away. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how that would trigger me. And also, and I love Mark's family, but they sometimes think that emotions need to be fixed. And so even when I said, I don't know what we're going to do for Thanksgiving. We're probably going to keep it pretty small. There's been stuff in my other, like my family going on this year. So we're probably going to keep it pretty small. And, you know, that's just a hard weekend for me. And his family wrote back and said, you know, um, basically like, don't (laughs) use my framework. Don't be afraid to make the damn tradition and like change things and yada, yada. And I was like, my, I don't feel like my emotions are broken. 
I feel all the feelings. I don't think they need to be fixed. And so I sat with that sort of response for a little bit. And then I finally said, okay, well, somebody's going to be disappointed in this situation. Either they're going to be disappointed because I say no, or I'm going to be disappointed because I say yes with the potential of things blowing up or even just feeling like I didn't get to honor what I want. So who would I rather be disappointed? (laughs) Not me. (laughs) You know, somebody might always be disappointed. This is why in the D of the damn framework, the first step is deciding and uncovering your yes. Because once you know your yes, the no's become so much easier. Because you just say, is this, is this honoring my yes? Yeah. You know, for me, my yes has a lot to do with supporting and inspiring my family, my kids. And so when something comes up and they, somebody, and I have to just hold it up and say, does this support that or not? And if it doesn't support it, then I just say a, a very nice, no, thank you, which sounds really easy. And it's not, I like, oh, there's hard. times where that's- it's really not easy. <laughs> No, you're playing at the Olympic level. You're playing at the Olympic level here. <laughs> Not with everyone. My friends were like, you're the queen of boundaries. And I was like, oh, I mean, uh, maybe a princess, but definitely not the yeah. queen. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be there soon. And so I think this is the perfect segue into the framework. So starting with D, decide and declare. Right. I know in in the coaching that I've done and the different certifications that I've taken and completed over the years, one of the... And it was so surprising for me to realize this. You think that it's like, yes, I'm going to decide and declare, what am I a yes to? But so many people are disconnected from their desires and their personal truth and what they actually want because we go through life making those wrong, not honoring our truth. And so I'd love to hear how do you help people decide and declare? And yeah, Yeah. because that's a huge piece of the puzzle. It's huge. It is huge. So we've forgotten how to dream like children. And when we were kids, it was not out of the realm of possibility to be an astronaut, princess, dancer, doctor. In fact, I just asked my daughter, my daughter's new thing is when she gets older, she wants to be a singer, dancer, teacher, gymnast. And oh my I God, I love it. Multi-passionate woman right there. in her mind, she's like, <laughs> Yeah, like, why is that going to be a problem? And she's like, and I'm going to teach you and Miracella my dance moves. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> All right. But we forget how to dream like children. And so we have a dream and we edit it immediately, or we immediately see all the ways it's not going to work, or we immediately say, oh, who am I to, to have that dream? And so I actually take people through a process called uncover and ignite your big, bold, crazy dream. And you can, your listeners can get it on my website um, for free. You just go to bevanfarron.com and it's, it's right there. And that helps you get really clear on your yes. And it goes through this whole process of first we like get expansive and then we fine tune and we, we pick and I run it through what I call the trip filter Because when people were like, oh, take the damn trip, I was like, well, I got to turn trip into something. And so the trip filter is how we decide if our yes is really our yes. And that the questions are, are you willing to make it your top priority? So are you willing to like say no to the other things? Are you willing to resource it, not just with money, but with your time, your energy, your focus, maybe some money? Is it inspiring? Is it something you're moving towards rather than away from? And then is it personal? 
Is it actually your dream? And so if you can say yes to those four things, then that is a good solid yes to move towards until it no longer makes sense to do so. Yeah. Amazing. And then the the other part of that is the why. Like, why do you want it? And one why is never enough. So in my coaching and in the programs that I have, I I do what's called a six-dimensional why. And we look at all the dimensions of why you want this thing. And once you have your yes and your why, um, and you kind of cry, I always craft it into this like super easy to remember, easy to say statement. Then again, when things come up, you just hold it up to that and say, does this move this forward or not? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so powerful. You're a framework genius. <laughs> oh, thank you. The other thing you said, and I think people get this wrong too. I don't think you declare to the whole world right away. Yeah. I don't think you like shout from the social media rooftops and like tell everyone. I think we start small. That's mm-hmm. why I have these layered declarations. We start small. We pick our little group of cheerleaders. Then we add, then we add, then we add, and it builds on itself. And, and that helps you solidify it before you get to those, those doubting, like one of my sisters is my cynic. And so when I, I, when I get to the point where I can tell her about something, I know she's going to poke holes in it and I'm ready for it. Cause I'm yeah. like, Oh, I've got the answers. I love so, that. Yeah. Well, and that reminds me of Brene Brown when she says, not everyone deserves to know your, to hear your vulnerabilities, to hear the depths of your soul. And yeah, I know as someone who I'm an ideas person and I get excited, I'm a quick start. I'm like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'll declare yeah, it. It's not I'm, a problem for you. You're like, now is absolutely the time. Let's go. I'm like, all right, I'm doing this. And then like a couple months will go by and I haven't done it. And I'm like, oh God, you would think that I'd be more embarrassed about it than I am. But I think that a lot of my friends, they know that I always just have yeah. these ideas and I've learned my own system of like, you know, trying to like sort things and organize things. But when I launched the podcast, I didn't tell everyone. I worked on it for months before getting ready. And when I launched, the day I launched is the day that a lot of people in my life found out about it because I wanted to keep this. There was something different about it. I wanted to keep it sacred. I think I wasn't ready for the cynics in my life and the naysayers to come in and poke holes at it yet. And then through doing this and showing up every week and practicing, I've built the... I've built the strength and the muscles to really be able to, you know, it's vulnerable. You're having these conversations, you're putting yourself out there, you're sharing things, you never quite know what's going to come up. And yeah. um, And so for me, it was something that I kept more, more close. And that was, was different for me, actually. Like it really was different. Yeah. I mean, you and I talked about this podcast. Uh, like over a year ago, year and a half, I think. Even three, I think it was, no, it was more than two years ago because I have these really? time markers. We talked about it maybe two and no a half. I have no concept of time, clearly. <laughs> but that's okay. It was just like moments in my life. And I remember when I was talking to you about this and I've ha- I had the idea for so long. And it's just so interesting how these things, how these things happen. And I do love having the staged again, like your micro, your micro actions and the stage declaration and getting clear on why is so important. 
And I love how you have this six dimensional, this six DY. And so can you share a little bit more about that? Because I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek's work, start with why and really getting into why does this matter to us? But it sounds like you've amped this up and taken it to the next level. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because I was surprised when your podcast launched. I was like, oh my gosh, we talked about this three years ago. I haven't heard anything of it since. And then here it is. And I'm so excited. So the six-dimensional why, so before this current iteration of my business, which really, I really see the damn framework being my business for a a while, but I used to teach about well-being and I had an event called the Well-Being Expo. And we looked at the six different areas of well-being. Mm. And that is spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, social, and financial. Yeah. And so when we look at our why, the reason we look at the six dimensions of it is how does like, how does the why in each of those areas support what you want to do? And because one why is usually not enough. You think about people who get into a fitness journey and they're like, well, I want to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Well, then when it gets hard, they stop because one why isn't enough. And so we have to think about like, well, why do I want this from a social perspective? Right. You know, maybe I, I want to feel more comfortable being out with my friends. I don't want to be worried about my body when I'm out with my friends. I want to be able to play with my kids. You know, I don't want to feel out of breath, all of those things. Well, what about from a financial perspective? Okay. Well, you know, this could be contributing to some health issues. I'm constantly trying the new fad and I'm spending a lot of money doing those things. I, I keep buying these clothes that I think are going to fit because I want them to fit, but they don't. And it's just a waste Guilty. of money. But like you never would think of that, right? If you're it's like, true. I want to I lose weight. It's like, yeah, but how is this impacting you financially? Right. Yeah. And then we go through all of those. I love that. And where my mind went with the finances, I'm like, well, if I lost weight, I would have more energy and I feel great. So I'd be able to do everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all the things, right? And so, yeah, so that's the six dimensional why. And I I think, you know, as you're talking about things like the podcast, things that we keep close to our heart to start, right? I always say to people, I would trust... There are some people I would trust to watch my five-year-old over a weekend that I wouldn't necessarily watch, have them watch my newborn, right? Like newborn baby ideas. Yeah. But, but part (laughs) of the reason that this is such an issue, and I talk about this so much, is that we have confused permission and support. Mm. And so we go through life unconsciously asking for permission. So I'm thinking about starting this podcast. What do you guys think? Thinking about quitting my job, do you think I should? Or I, you know, I really I'm thinking about starting a business. Like, what are your thoughts on that? And when we do that, we're asking that person who we're talking to for their permission. And what they do is they try it on for themselves. And if they're at all uncomfortable, they start to eat away at that dream. Because typically it's someone you actually care about that you're asking this to from. And the closer they are to you, the more they want to keep you safe. And the more they don't want to see you fail or get hurt. And so they might respond with, oh, on a podcast, like, isn't that going to take up so much of your time? Other people have podcasts or you're going to quit your job in this economy, you know, or you like, or you're to start a business in this economy, all these little things. And so you're not a second grader trying to get to the zoo. Like you don't need anyone's permission to go after your dreams. It's true. So instead, when we ask for support, then we're saying, I'm doing this thing. I would love your support. 
But your decision, we don't say this part, but this yes. is like the underlying, yes. <laughs> their decision about whether or not to support you is not going to change your decision about whether or not to do it. Brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. Permission versus support. And how often are we seeking permission, seeking validation? I think there's this huge thing around sharing ideas and saying like, oh, how is somebody going to respond? Or like you're sort of testing, testing the water. And let's actually ask for support and be unattached to whether or not that person is able or willing or ready to give us yeah. the support. Yeah. Which again, like I say it in a way that makes it sound so easy, but in yeah. practice, I get that it can be hard. When I decided to have Maristella, which is my daughter who's four and a half months old, I made the decision. I told two people and you know, one of, one of them was one of my sisters and she was kind of like, oh, are you sure? And I was like, I am sure. And then she was cool with it. She didn't bring up any more questions after that. But when I first, when I decided like, okay, I'm going, I told three of my friends and they weren't my family. They were from my book club. They're like, we call each other our sister wives. I didn't tell all of them. I just told three. I started a text thread and I said, your job is to cheer me on. I love that. Your job is like, I go for an ultrasound and you're like, yay, ultrasounds, hooray for blood tests, like yes. yay for seven pre- positive pregnancy tests, like all of the things. This is the layered declarations and the permission and support. Yeah. And then, because all the letters like interplay with each other. But so then I told a few more people, like once I had the positive pregnancy test, I told a few more people and then a few more people. And then I recorded a video to send out to the majority of my close friends and family. This included Mark's family. This included like my cousins, Mark's and my friends. And I recorded it as a video because I wanted people to see me tell the story as opposed yeah. to read an email through their own filter. Yeah. And I said, I'm, I'm doing this thing. Here's why I'm doing it. It's another part of Mark that I get to bring into the universe. And I'm so like honored and excited about this. And then I said, I would love as much support as possible. But if you're not comfortable with that, if this is not, this does not make you jazz, like you're really uncomfortable with it, that's okay. No problem. Don't feel pressured to support me. And there were some people that honestly I haven't heard from since. And that hurts. It does. Don't get me wrong. I can tell you, I, don't, I, I announced this on a summit that I was pregnant and like I got literally hundreds of supportive messages. And I could tell you the five people who said really negative things and what they said, because those do stick. Mm-hmm. However, their decision whether to support me is not going to change my decision to do it because I get one life and I don't want to look back with regrets. Yeah. Oh my God. This is so good. How do you not take things personally? Oh man. <laughs> this is or is it taking, or is it just being like, do you know what? And this is where it is like, screw it. You can feel like that. You're allowed. Like recently I had a conversation with someone and I could feel their frustration. I could feel their discomfort. And I'm like, they're allowed to have that experience. They're allowed to have that experience and their experience doesn't need to dictate how I live my life and what I do with my life and the decisions I make. And it's been something that I've been dancing with. And I still go, I feel that conversation every day. And I'm like, 
You just strengthen your muscle of being okay with being uncomfortable and still showing up and keep continuing to go. But like, yeah, how like the whole taking things personally. Ah! Oh, it's so hard, isn't it? So, (laughs) so, okay. This is back to the attend your own party and the fact that we all are creating our experience through our thoughts about things. Yeah. And so I can change my experience of what somebody has said just by changing my thinking about it. And that doesn't, like, so I get to choose, right? I get to choose if I'm being offended or pissed off by what somebody says. And sometimes when I don't want to have that experience, I will just question my own thinking and being like, okay, well, what if they said that from a place of really being concerned about me? Like really, what if they said that from a place of love? Now that doesn't always work. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So if they said it from a place of love, it would feel like this, but they didn't. And so I'm still going to be pissed off and hurt and offended. So, but it's just that questioning of uh, the questioning of the intent um, that like lets us remember that our thoughts aren't real. They could change in an instant. And so, you know, then they, they don't seem so serious. And Going back to this idea of 100% radical but but loving responsibility, when we do that, Mm -hmm. I take 100% responsibility for how I show up, not how things end up. Oh. And so all I can do is show up and deliver my message with as much love and groundedness as possible. And you're right. They can have whatever experience they want of that. They can think I'm crazy. They can think I'm stupid. They can think it's you know the worst idea they've ever heard. And that is their 100% responsibility, not mine. That's outside of like my bubble of responsibility. And sometimes we like, oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times with friends or family or loved ones where I'm like, oh my gosh, they should not be doing that. That is a, that is bad. That is going to hurt them. And then I'm like, and they are a grown up and they can do whatever they want. And I have to get back here into my own bubble of radical responsibility. Yeah. I, yeah, I love that. This is amazing. There's so many instances and this is why I love the micro declarations because if you were to go tell everyone there, it does, it is a muscle of being unaffected by other people's opinion and then how we react to that. And why is it that so much of the lives we live is actually for other people? Yeah. There could be those moments where you're like, oh, that person's worried or this person is saying this or this person is saying this. So I'm not going to bring this beautiful soul into the world that would, you know, you and Mark were on this journey together and you could have not done that because of people's opinions. And I'm thinking of one thing in my life and I I haven't fully processed it yet. So I'm not going to share that. I like to share things once I'm like a little more processed in it. This is not the layer of declaration that you're making today. I'm not exactly. (laughs) But I will share without going into a lot of details, when I think of the situation, certain people come to mind and I'm like, what would those people think? And I'm like, why am I letting what these people (sighs) think influence my actions and influence what I'm doing and how I'm showing up? This is cuckoo. This is crazy. And I think that's why it's taking me longer to make 
to like, I'm kind of stewing in this decision and I haven't made it yet. And I'm kind of like vacillating and going back and forth. And because I see myself wanting to make it for certain reasons and I'm like, that's not the right reason. So let's get reconnected to what is the right reason for making the decision? What is important to me? And then starting to, you know, it's like, I'm going to do this micro declaration thing. Yeah. 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 So, okay. First of all, people aren't thinking about us nearly as much as we think they are. It's so true. Or as much as we think they should. Yeah. So So we think they're sitting over. Now there are some people who are, right? It's like that. Those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. Right. So there are people who are thinking about it and who think they get an opinion on your life. Like there's a little bit of like, who think, who said you get an opinion on what I'm doing? And so there's, there's, there's part of it. Like that's our own thinking about yeah. like, oh, these people are going to be so upset. And the thing is, if they are, well, are, you can't, you just deal with it then? You know, like people try to catastrophize like, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? It's never going to happen the way you think it. If I was going to catastrophize my entire life out, I would not have thought about my house burning down. I definitely would not have thought my husband passing away at 40. Yeah. Never would have done that. Yeah. It's never going to happen. But but think about it, Leanne. You have been through every hard thing in your life up until this point. What makes you think you can't get through anything else that's hard? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And this isn't even actually that hard. That's where my mind went. I'm like, this is peanuts compared to what you've been through. Why am I But don't don't say that. Like, don't. This is the A, right? Like staying on our own mat because we can always make ourselves feel better or worse depending on which way we want to look. Yeah. That's awesome. Move towards that. Yeah. You're like, damn, that sucks. Move away from that. Or just this full body like, damn. Like more of that, more of that in your life. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. Okay. So attend your own party. Let's just quickly, have we talked about attend your own party? Yeah. So attend your own party is like our thoughts and staying present in the moment and staying on your own mat. Like that's a very simplified version of attend your own party. (laughs) Perfect. I thought so. I just wanted to make sure. So then the next one is moments, not minutes. Yeah. Okay. So like I said, this is... This came about when I was telling my friend, Dana Malstaff, who has boss moms, about yeah. wanting to have Stella. And, and she said, do I want to be there for the moments, not the minutes? And this is it, this is a way for us to release the guilt around the fact that we cannot be everywhere at once. Like It is not possible to be everywhere at once. And so when we're sort of faced with a decision that's hard, we think about which is the moment. And usually you can tell because it's a moment that can't be duplicated. It can't be replicated again in the future. It's a first day of preschool, right? It's it's a first birthday party. It's someone's graduation, right? And so we say, okay, that is going to be my choice. Now, how can I like maybe make stuff work around that? Mark had this um, the day before Guinevere's first day of preschool, he said he wasn't going to be able to to take her to school. And I said, that's fine. Like I'll take pictures and we're going to make chocolate chip pancakes and I'll send yeah. it to you. Not in like a guilt way. Not yeah. like, well, yeah. we're going to make chocolate chip pancakes. And Are you like, sure no. we can't be here for that? Right. Like there's <laughs> yeah. no, there's no reason for me to do that. And he came back in the room like 30 minutes later and he was like, you know, not everybody, I can't make everyone happy tomorrow. 
And so I'm going to choose to make my daughter and my wife happy because they are the most important people in my life. And so he called his manager because he had, he had, he was a very, very skilled noise and noise and vibration research engineer for Honda. So he did tests that no one else could do. Yeah. And so he was called his manager and he's like, look, I know we have this test tomorrow, but is there any way I can come in 90 minutes late and we can just change the schedule? He was like, yeah, no problem. We'll just do this one first. But most people will never ask. They think it's all or nothing. Yeah. So we, we, we say, okay, what's the moment? Can I make it work? And then the other part of it is understanding that when we allow ourselves to be fully present in the current moment, so when I'm fully present with you, I don't feel bad that I'm not with my children right now because when I'm fu- when I'm with them, I'm fully present with them. I'm not at the zoo like sending, you know, like pretending I'm at the zoo but actually working. When my when I put my earpods in, my kids would go, "What you, what you doing? You working? Take that out." <laughs> and I'm like, so you know, they even if I'm like watching their swim lessons and they're like, "Hey, take that out!" <laughs> like you're swimming, like you're fine. But so when we can say, "Okay, I'm going to be fully present as as full as possible," then we release that guilt because we know that we'll give that same presence to our friends when we're with them or ourselves. When we're just mm-hmm. giving ourselves some self care, we're like, we don't feel this. Oh my god, I should be working. I should be doing this. I sh-. no, no, no. Right now, I'm going to be fully present with myself in my bath, or reading my book, or journaling, or taking a walk, or getting a massage. And I know that when I'm with somebody else or doing something else, I will be fully present there. So I don't need to feel bad. Yeah, about this moment. Yeah, I love that. And I, I recently recorded a solo episode on the power of presence and oh, yeah. how it's something that I'm working on for sure. And it moments, moments, not minutes. It's a quality over quantity. And what would we want more of? Yeah. And maybe it is starting with the moments with yourself. That could be an easier place for people. Who knows, actually? Maybe that wouldn't be easier. But I don't know that it's easier. I, you know what? I You're feel right. Like, <laughs> like people are like, oh, I can't do that for myself. Like, yeah. just pick the person you love the most. Yeah, right? I love the person that. you absolutely love the most and just start small. Yeah. And for 15 minutes, put your phone away, turn the TV off. If you feel like you just can't do that inside, go for a walk and just be fully present with them. Yeah. It's bedtime for me with my kids. Yeah. We read stories, we sing songs, we lay down. Now sometimes, and I've noticed this recently and I'm like catching myself on it. Sometimes when they're like drifting off to sleep and I check the monitor on my other uh, daughter, which happens to be on my phone, then I'm like, oh, I'll just check Instagram. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, wait a second. Let yeah. me be fully present in this moment mm-hmm. now. So just start small. Yeah. This is this goes into the end like micro actions, right? Like just start small and and you're you're right. You said this earlier about physiology phys, yeah, mm-hmm. physiology and how that can help us. Like when I am most triggered by my children, I speak the softest. Mm, because when I'm like, "Oh my god, I have to be like I am really frustrated right now yeah. that you are doing this." I mean, yeah. there are points where I yell, don't get me wrong. My daughter yeah. has pointed that out recently, but to get myself out of that, I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me speak slowly and quietly so that this doesn't elevate and escalate out of control. Let me try to pull my own 
physiology. Let me pull my, oh, I mean, I don't think all these things. It's not like yeah. this is instantaneous, but let me remember that I'm responsible for how I show up. All of that is like also the presence of the moment. Yeah. 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 There's so much. And then one other thing, I feel like I've hopped around so much, but I love the example of Mark calling and asking. Yeah. Yeah. Ask. So many people do not ask. We assume that it's all or nothing. Like you said, I grew up with a car salesman as a father. And so he was, we would go into, I was so embarrassed when I was young. We'd literally go, I remember this one Christmas, I got money and I was going to buy something and we went boxing day shopping in Canada. That's a thing. It's kind of like our Black Friday, the day after Christmas, everything's on sale. Makes way more sense, but yes. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so we went boxing day shopping and he was like, well, let me negotiate for you. I'm like, you can't negotiate in a box store. I was mortified. And do you know what? Now as an adult, I am so grateful that I had a model in my life who wasn't afraid to ask. Yeah. Because why do we assume that just because it's this printed thing, like, okay, sometimes it still feels crazy and uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's just an example of not being afraid to ask for things. And so I know a lot of the life that I've lived and a lot of what I've done it's because I don't make assumptions. And I yeah. think that so often people make assumptions that, well, I can't do that. Well, how do yeah. you know you can't do that? How do you yeah. know that somebody couldn't rearrange the schedule? How do you know it's it's more instead of it's like it's this or this? It's like, what if it's the yes and philosophy? Yeah. What if we yeah. can have both? And I just love also like you can tell that Mark valued family. And yeah. he valued you and your daughter and he was making the value-based decision. Yeah. And a moment. So, okay. Which is funny because this other example I have about that, it, it's also about Mark. But I, so I have a friend who's a coach in the UK and his he told me this years ago. He wanted a first class seat and they're like, well, there are none. He's like, I know this is impossible, but if it were possible, how would we do it? <laughs> What a great question. But yeah. So the other the other time I think about this where we the all or nothing, right? So I think I'm trying to remember if this was after I think this was after my daughter was born, Guinevere. Yeah. It was after one of the two. No, it was after when Guinevere was born. And Mark used to go on this trip every year with his dad and his wrestling coaches that because he was a wrestler. And his dad has gone on this trip for like 50 years. The first year he missed it was COVID which is crazy. He's 91 years old. And I, so I think he's actually gone like 64 years in a row, something crazy. And so, but it's in March. It was three weeks after my daughter was born. And he, I could tell he was so conflicted because it was going to be in Nebraska. It was going to be a super long drive. And I said, look, Mark, I'm going to buy you a flight on Southwest because it can be refunded at any time or changed or whatever. I said, but if you go, if you could fly instead of drive, that would mean that there are two less nights that I'm alone and you still get to have the experience of being there. And he's like, yeah, but I love the drive. And I said, okay, and that's fine. I said, but if the choice is the trip and the drive or not going at all, are you willing to consider this middle ground of you get to go, you get to experience everything of the event 
and you get to support your family. And that's what he ended up doing. And so, but yeah, it's this, why does it have to be black or white all or Mm -hmm. nothing? Like, so it's so rare that that's true. I live in a very gray world. I should, do you know what? I I do. I really truly do. Like for me, there's no like rules or like, but really are they like, why? And and so I love that. But instead of shades of gray, like, I don't know, I'm going to come up with my own. Maybe it's going to be because I love like coral and magenta. Maybe it'll be like shades of, (laughs) I don't know. Shades of orange. Um, Okay. So then um, moments, not minutes. And now is the time. The quick start in me loves this. Yes, you do. (laughs) So we've talked a little bit about micro actions. Like I said, it is the, the smallest possible action that you will take, right? You want to do your podcast. Like maybe you just get the podcasting software. Maybe you just buy a microphone. That's what I did first. Yeah. Like the smallest. And people are like, I'm just going to start a podcast. I'm like, that is too big. Think smaller. And if you find yourself still not taking action, then you probably need to break them into smaller micro actions. Like sometimes we think if they're in marketing, I'm just going to write the first email and then you don't do it. And it's like, well, hey, slow down. Like just open the Google Doc. Just write the first sentence. So that is a big part of now is the time. And, and the reason I teach micro actions is because inertia is an object at rest tends yep. to stay at rest. And so the scariest place to be, the hardest place to be is standing still. And so just like, you'll never have to exert as much energy again if you keep the momentum going. And so that's a big part of it. And then the other is this, this understanding that there will never be a perfect day. There's never going to be a perfect time to get started. So why not today? Mm -hmm. Because since we never know what's going to happen, and I am such an example of that, we never know what's going to happen tomorrow to our friends, to our loved ones, to our jobs, to our homes, to ourselves, anything. We never know what's going to happen. And that is not a reason to live scared but it is a reason to live fully. Yeah, that is your, it's amazing. I just love it. And this whole, the micro actions, it makes so much sense. An object at rest will remain at rest. I was yeah. not great in physics, but I remember that. New, well, and- new, new, new. <laughs> and an object in motion tends to stay in motion. And that's right. why if you're on a career path, it, you're unless you put a little force to pivot, to change, Yes, you're going to stay on that path. It's and amazing. so that's okay, but you just have to understand that like, hey, you're not like... <laughs> You know, for me, I got laid off. Like, yes. hey, someone exerted some extra pressure on the side for me. But if if that hadn't happened, the only way I was going to make a change was if I made the change. Yeah. 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 So with the podcast, I was organized. I was pretty organized to begin with, but I didn't do a lot of research. And I'm glad I didn't because it would have taken me a lot longer because I would have realized yeah. how much work it was. <laughs> yep. And so I did. I had the perfect amount of ignorance to get this going. And, yeah, I love it. I love and that. There was, but, and they always, now they say like, you know, start with 12 episodes recorded in the bank, have everything done. And I get it because once you get this thing going, you have to keep it going and you burn through those things that are pre-recorded so fast. And yeah. lately I'm like, I just want to, I just want to break. And my friends just take a week off. I'm like, I cannot, 
I cannot. This this ball is rolling, but I can take a week off if I just get a little more organized. Like, pre- yep. like actually, just that's how I can get a t- week off. But she was saying, just don't release an episode and uh, one week. I'm like, no, you don't understand. This train is rolling. It's chugging, and I'm keeping yeah. it chugging. I'm going to look at it from another perspective and see how can I get my needs met and still continue moving Uh, forward and making momentum, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I took three months off this year as maternity leave. That's why we couldn't record this podcast, Yeah, you know? And so I was really committed to doing that as an example to entrepreneurs of what's possible. I mean, when I took my maternity leave after both my kids were born, my first two, the second time with my second pregnancy, I did it because I was in a leadership position within a company and I wanted to model for the other women in the company that, hey, if you want to take 12 weeks, take 12 weeks. So I did it as an example, like that entrepreneurs can do this. Yeah. And I'll be honest, this year from a revenue standpoint is not as good as last year. And I'm okay with that because I took three months off and I had hoped to have like a lot more systems in place and, you know, could be selling some evergreen things and that didn't work out. And while I was on maternity leave, because, but I know we talk about moments, not minutes, right? The first three months of Miracella's life, I cannot replicate. I cannot, I cannot when she's 12, say, okay, so now could we have a little like three hour snuggle mm-hmm. because you're taking it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Yeah. But there were times on that maternity leave where I would start to get panicky because for some reason, all my big bills came due while I was on maternity leave. My home insurance, my propane tank, like all of these things. And I'm writing checks for thousands of dollars going out and no money coming in. And I was like, oh my gosh, I should go back. I should start again. And I said, oh, hold up. There's enough momentum on this business that it's not going to be starting from zero again. And I know how to grow a business. I know how to make money. I trust that. That's not going away. So when I'm ready to go back, I will be able to do that. And I'll tell you, Leanne, (laughs) I came back from maternity leave October-ish. I got sick, so it ended up being an extra week or two, mid-October. November was my best month ever in business. I believe it. I fully believe it. It's that's so it's so inspiring to be able to do that. I okay, so first of all, in Canada, I think that mothers get 10 months. Yeah, it's maternity. crazy amazing. Which it's so amazing. And now there's paternity. It's it's like there's paternity leave, maternity leave. So I feel in Canada, we're very lucky like that. But that's yeah. through the traditional, we could say employment systems. If you're an entrepreneur, that's different. You're supporting yourself. <laughs> and so okay, there still yeah. is that standard, but it's still, it's different the way things operate. And so for you to be able to take three months completely off, yeah. That's that is like holy smokes. I can't even a, a couple of years ago I said to my dad I'm like I just need a vacation. And he's like what do you mean you're on vacation all the time? And I'm like no I'm not. This is when I traveled and 
Yeah. Life yeah, looked yeah. a lot different, but like pre-COVID. I'm like, I'm not on vacation all the time. I'm traveling. I'm enjoying these places and having an amazing time, but then keeping everything going and taking late night. Like what you don't see on Instagram is like meetings at midnight, meetings yeah. in the middle of a street somewhere, meetings trying to keep it all going and balancing. And I'm like, that was insanity. Why yeah. didn't I just give myself fully, you know, in some ways it was really fun to do and to be able to prove to myself, like I can run a business and work wherever I want and do whatever I want. Yeah. And then it caught up with me and I totally burnt out. And <laughs> now, yeah. you know, now life is different, but I just think, wow, thank you for being an example of what is possible. That is making yeah. my, like, I want to just unplug for a week. <laughs> seem seem a hell of a lot more doable now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, okay. So, oh my gosh. Again, I, I, you and I talked. We could talk for a day I know. here. But, um, <laughs> so, if, if you're an entrepreneur or you want to become an entrepreneur, because that's the thing too. Like some people will be like, I can't quit my job, right? Like I don't. I, if I quit, I don't get a severance package. So, if that's the case, then go online right now to a bank. There's like, and I say online because it's just the easiest, like Synchrony, American Express, all these places have like bank accounts that are free, no minimum, no fee. Open an account and rename it severance package or rename it maternity leave. And so with the severance package, you just start putting money into it. And when you have whatever you feel comfortable with, three months of your contribution to your family's income, three months of your salary, six months, whatever it is, then know that you could quit your job at any moment, right? I did something similar where I did have three months of my salary from my business yep. set aside so that yeah. I could still pay myself while right. I was on maternity leave. So we can pre-plan about that. But the other part of it is, just like you said, we like the shock and relief. <laughs> you feel like you can't take even a week off. And then you hear about three months off. And then you're like, oh, well, a week seems like nothing. I just did my my planning for the next year. And I had this, I guess I'll declare it publicly, right? Like I had this plan of a million dollar year next year. Okay. Woohoo. And I laid We're it out. that. Well, okay. So you got to hear the whole story about it. So then I laid it out and I was like, oh, buddy, that seems like it might be a huge impact on my life, the way I've designed it. And I have to decide which is more important. So then I was like, okay, well, let me just back that off to a half a million. And that was like, oh, well, now this seems so easy. I have not hit a half a million year. This would still be a big stretch, but I'm like, oh my gosh, because I knew how a million would would look. Yeah. And a half a million seemed so much more doable. Yeah. Now I had a coaching session with like my coach and she was like, I, let's look at how a million might be possible with still the life that I want to lead. Yeah. And we have some plans, but that like shock and relief is sometimes right. like if you were to say, okay, how could I take a month off from the podcast? <sighs> like what would I have to do? Right. <laughs> record the episodes, do the graphics, write the emails. Like what would I have to do? Yeah. And then be like, okay, so if it was just a week, right? And how easy would that be? Yeah. No kidding. A week seems like easy peasy now. I've got this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Amazing. Oh my gosh. You're such a gift to the world. Your perspective, the way you show up, the way you share, just thank you. Thank you so much for, oh, thank you. for taking this time to connect with me today and 
honestly, everyone listening, take the damn trip. Life is short. You never know what's going to happen. Stop caring about what other people think. Start getting connected to what matters to you and just go for it. Yeah. Thank you. I'm fired up. (laughs) Fired up. You're going to be saying, damn, damn, do it. Damn, do it. Yeah, all the time. And here I thought I couldn't do a an interview in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't I'm, think you cried. You made it through without tears. <laughs> well, I had some tears coming. Like I had a I'm not sure if you saw a couple sneaky wipes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, just thank you. There's just yeah. Is there anything else you want to share? Where can people find you? Where can they work with you? How can they work with you? Okay, so Everything, if you see the word damn in it, it's probably me, right? Like if like I have meditations called just one damn minute, all the things, but you can go to bevanfarange.com and that will, it's kind of the hub for everything. That's where you can get that uncover and ignite your big, bold, crazy dream sequence. You can join the take the dram trip community. You can hear about my speaking, the book that I'm writing, all the things, right? And so I have kind of narrowed my focus down a little bit in for the next year. So I really have three ways that people can work with me. I take a very few one-on-one one-on-one clients. I just have a very um, limited amount of time for that. And but I'll tell you I love it because it's people who don't want to just see like amazing growth in their business, but they want it all. They want the whole holistic like the whole damn person, right? They're going to be the whole damn person. And so that, I love those. And then I have a mastermind called Grow the Damn Business. And that is for women who want to grow their business to six figures and beyond authentically in a way that not just supports, but also inspires. And so the challenge that I recently did was be more, you make more money. Because everybody's talking about scaling to 10K months. That's like the buzzword right now. And yes, that's important, but- I think we need to do it in a way that like really honors who we are. And then I'm releasing in 2022, and I don't know when this is going to come out, but I'm releasing a group program that is a little bit less of an investment than the mastermind still teaches the same framework, essentially still gets the same results. It's just, you get a little less access to me. So, but you can learn all of that if you go to bevanfarron.com and just um, sign up for that challenge and then you'll get constant updates about what I'm up to. Amazing. Well, I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes and thank you again. This was such an inspiring conversation and I just, I know Mark is looking down and, and smiling at you and just proud and proud of you feeling all of it. I hope so. I hope so. Well, thank you for having me. It was such an honor and a pleasure. Holy moly, what an episode. I have so many takeaways and so many things that I cannot wait to just move forward and hold with me as I journey through life. So thank you. Huge thanks to Bevan for sharing her story, for being so inspiring, and for really just She's such an expansive view on life and it's so refreshing. Um, So if you love this episode as much as I did, I would love to hear from you. You can go rate now Spotify. If you follow on Spotify and listen, you can review the Glojo podcast. I'd really appreciate that. Um, Apple podcasts, you can write a review there. I'd love to hear. You can write reviews for specific shows as well. And you can find me over on Instagram at Leanne Kalal and at The Glojo. You can also connect with Bevins. And so show her some love. 
It was such an incredible conversation and so valuable. What I'm going to do right now is quickly recap the DAM framework because I know we talked about a lot of things and I want to make sure that you are walking away with a solid reminder of this really, really useful, practical framework that can help you make decisions and move forward in your life. So here we go. D, decide and declare. We decide what our top priorities are. Remember that you decide. A, attend your own party. This means staying present in the moment, staying on your mat. That's a yoga term, not comparing yourself to other people. M, moments, not minutes. Release the guilt around the fact that you cannot be everywhere at once. You cannot be everything to everyone, especially at the same time. Last but not least, we have N. It stands for now is the time. Don't wait. Because if we wait to fulfill our dreams, if we wait to take the damn trip, it might be too late. Truly, it might be too late. And so I hope this episode encourages you and inspires you to do the thing that's nestled deep down inside, the thing that you have been wanting to do, but putting off or making excuses or feeling afraid or insecure about. Now is the time. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate you being here. Have a wonderful week ahead, and I will see you next week in the Glojo.